0: Welcome to our world. Here in this realm, this is our unshakable state of being. We don't listen. We learn to hear. We don't think. We investigate. We don't accept... We question. We don't act. We express. We don't feel. We experience. We transcend the polar opposites. We bridge the gap of the great divide. We bring second sight to the artificially blind. We bring reason to the insanity we bring clarity to the confusion. We cannot be stopped. We cannot be silenced. We cannot be censored. We cannot be eliminated. We are the light that rises to meet the darkness. We are the legion of the true Believers, the community that continues to gather where the unknown connects to the empowered. Welcome to the show.
1: Do you ever wonder if there's more to this life? More than what exists in this three dimensional reality? More than what your five senses can perceive? There is. And all you have to do to experience it is become a true believer.
0: The true believers. This is the show where the unknown connects with the empowered and has been doing so since 2020. And guess what? We're here. This is another edition of Unexplained Incorporated. I am your host with the most that listens to Ghost Phantom Phil. And tonight, as we turn over to December. Got another real banger for you this evening with my buddy CJ. He's been on the show several times, promoting several different shows. We'll hear about his most current project, which I was a part of very recently. Plus, we go deep into the shadows with shadow work and uh, the definition of the whole thing. I don't really know how else to describe it. You can also connect with Unexplained Incorporated at www.unexplainedinc.com. All of my socials and emails are connected through there. And if you're brand new, then welcome aboard. I have a very significant announcement in the outro regarding the season finale and the future of the program. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a tough one to get through as uh, Phantom X laid out an ultimatum and I'm going to respond to it after this chat with CJ. But first, true believers, you remember when I mentioned that I was just getting a cold? Well, I think it was a little bit more than that. It very well may have been a form of COVID. Either way... I stuck to my routine of drinking a shot of Magic Mind daily, and I did not miss a beat, all things considered. Yes, I was worn down a little bit due to illness, but it didn't affect my productivity and my focus. I got done what needed to get done. I still slept well, and my creativity didn't get hindered from this setback either. Thanks the new tropics inside. And of course, you're probably asking yourself, what again is Magic Mind? Magic Mind is the world's first productivity drink. It's all natural and includes the likes of matcha and lion's mane mushroom, just to name a few. And while I still enjoy my early morning coffee, I do tend to drink Magic Mind later in the morning and I have the clarity, energy, and focus for the rest of my entire work day. Because, yeah, I'm not doing this show for a living. Lately, though, I've been experimenting and I've even been pushing it into early afternoon. And I'm still experiencing that burst of energy well later on into my evening. It makes it less difficult for things like, uh, you know, finding the motivation to get to the gym for a workout or things like that that need to get done in the evening, after my workday is over, if this sounds like it is the right fit for you, then remember you can get up to twenty percent off with my coupon code Unexplained Ink. Once again, that's Unexplained Ink, all one word, no period on the ends. And my official link is magicmindcom slash phil Once again, coupon code Unexplained Ink. The link will be available in the show notes description of this episode. Magic Mind, stay sharp to manage your busy lifestyle. Try it today and you will not be disappointed, especially with the Magic Money Back Guarantee. In fact, that refund will only take up to three to four hours. That's quite a guarantee if you ask me. So give it a try through my link and my promo code today. And of course, if you missed it earlier, it will be available in the show notes and now let's welcome an old friend of the show cj back to discuss shadows and his new projects which we'll start off with first well true believers we're just about at the end of the line The season finale, which takes place next week, it's already uh, good to go, but this is officially the last interview I'm recording for the season, and it's a guy who uh, a lot of you who've been around from the beginning will be very familiar with, although he's been off on his own journey, doing his own things, and he hasn't stopped by here in a while, so it's been a minute or two. Let's, true believers, welcome back, CJ and instead of me introducing his various projects, I'm going to let him introduce them yourselves. One of them I was just involved in very recently. CJ, so good to see you, my man. And uh, hope we could do this again a little more often in uh, modern times, you know?
1: Oh, man. You know, definitely for sure. And I appreciate the invite coming back on the show. It's definitely been too long. And, uh, you know, the thing you mentioned before is Philosophia Talk. That's what you were on with me. And uh, that's like my new passion project, it's like a solo. Where I can just talk about philosophy and like the way I view things, and interview people and get their viewpoints. It just provides a platform where there's no any one doctrine for anything, and it just inspires people to think about things critically, logically, and come to their own conclusions about you know everything from what it means to be a good human being, and you know the metaphysics of the universe, and just what it is to exist and why we're here, you know, and I like hearing everybody's ideas and then, uh, you know, there's always mystery stone that's still around. Uh, we don't record as often anymore. There's a lot of stuff going on. Mike works multiple jobs, uh, but we get things out when we can. We have a, an episode on a Carl young we're about to be doing uh, in the near future. So that's exciting. And then um but yeah, I mean, that's uh, I, I'm back on Infinite Rabbit Hole. Uh, you guys are hearing me there occasionally. And uh, I actually have an audio drama in the works. That's months in the future, though.
0: Nice, nice. But and yeah. uh, it, it, Your newest project, I always read the name and I always get it wrong in my own mind. So I want to clarify it with you right now. Philosophia. Is that close? <laughs> no, or? no it's,
1: it's Philosophia,
0: like a couch. Philosophia. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, we're just yeah. kind
1: of like sitting on the sofa, just having a conversation you know Mm -hmm. where there's not really uh the the name comes from wanting to talk about philosophy but in less of a hyper technical sense and more of a personal sense where i want the conversation to be like comfortable you know what i mean
0: yeah and uh it was such fun to be on there and of course like my name's in the title so why not have me on there and uh we went across a whole wide array of topics, even in the sum that we didn't know we were going into, but we're like, hey, we're here. <laughs> Let's, you know, have a quick chat about open relationships because we're here, you know what I mean? That's how casual the show is, if anyone has not checked it out yet.
1: Yeah, honestly, I, that's the that's the fun thing about, you know, talking philosophy and, and just letting the conversation go where it will, because you really don't ever know where a philosophical conversation is going to go when, you know, the individual isn't held back by uh, doctrines or anything. Like you just really asking somebody, what do you think about this? And they just get real comfortable and the conversation flows. And it just, it's like, oh, we're going to talk about this, this episode. Like this is our focus. And then we we touch that focus, but it goes so many other places. It's super interesting just to hear how everybody thinks.
0: Could you briefly tell us about some of the other people you've had on the show so far and ones you would like to have in the future because it is a wide array of perspectives from what I know.
1: Um Yeah, sure. Uh Right now, on the first episode, I had this fantastic guy named David S. Deer on. Uh, he runs the Ninth World Journal podcast, which is an audio drama. And he's also, uh he does the audiobooks. Amazing, brilliant mind. He's always amazing to talk to. You always get these really deep insights, very intelligent conversation. Of course, I've had you. You're my second episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh we've got Dave from the Hush Hush Conspiracy Hour coming oh, on talking shout, about shout
0: out to Dave, good friend of ours. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's coming on. He's he's talking about um music philosophy. And the we've touched on some things like the the idea that like maybe you can utilize music to help you solve relationship problems, like you know, if you're fighting with your partner, you're having a disagreement, maybe putting on a song that you both enjoy because, you know, the vi- everything is vibration in this world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. having that one song on that vibration might level out your individual vibrations and let you kind of calm down and, and get on each other's level. You know, and we go, we kind of talk about that and, you know, pontificate about some things here and there. And uh, then uh, after that, uh, I have a guy named Josh coming on discussing remote viewing. Mm -hmm. And how that can possibly be used to explore the subconscious and the things behind the shadow, Um, which that turned into a really interesting conversation. I'm actually going to make an attempt at doing some remote remote viewing myself to see how that works out for me. And uh, after that, uh, uh, Jeremy from If It Rabbit Hole is going to come on. Jake is going to come on. Uh, Jeff from Shadow Band is going to make an appearance. I'm hoping to get some local psychologists, psychiatrists, and religious leaders to come on. I'd really like to do some religious philosophy, because there's a big difference between uh, personal philosophy, individual philosophy, religious philosophy, political philosophy. Uh, I'm really hoping to get all these different perspectives, especially uh, the religious part really kind of uh, speaks to me more because in philosophy, a lot of times, like things like Christianity aren't considered philosophy, even though 90% of that book is the way you should live, how you can be happy, the things that you can achieve in the afterlife if you live a certain way. And like at the basis, it's all philosophy. And, uh, you know, philosophy and religion all have sort of like very similar things. They all come from the same basis, same foundation. They just go in different directions and they speak to people on different levels. And uh, so that's something I'm really hoping to do in the future. And then I'm also going to be releasing a series of solo episodes where uh, I don't have a guest on. And I'm talking about my own personal philosophies to give listeners a deeper insight into who I am. You know, so that when I do have these guests on and we're talking these things, they can understand
0: better where my questions come from. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good way to go. It's funny, like over the years, I get some occasional flack for sharing too much about myself and my own opinions. But the way I look at it is, is that I'm making this more relatable to whoever's tuning in and they can incorporate that into their own story and their own journey. And I've only done a handful of solo episodes myself. Now, um, I've got some, you've been aware of this, CJ, I got some real joker on TikTok trying to upset my energy and uh, throw me off balance this season. Uh, I'm going to have some major news about this person uh, in my outro. Um, I dropped some news last week. Uh, Things have escalated yet again, and uh, they've given me an ultimatum, and that ultimatum is going to be addressed After we record in the outro and there's going to be, I think some significant changes to the show. I'll just leave it at that. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you always have to expand and you always have to uh, explore different possibilities. So my next question to you, CJ is you were solely identified with mystery stone for so long and esoteric occult magical practices um Is this kind of your release from that, or is this some of the things you explore when you step away from that? Because I was having a conversation with a friend a little while ago, saying that you can't go hard in the spiritual stuff all the time. You got to come up for air. Even the same with the com- conspiracy stuff, you got to come up for air and just live and just enjoy yourself. So, is that what part of this new show is about? And if not, what are some of the things you do to come up for air? To and to enjoy yourself, because outside of the shows, you've got family responsibility, you're working. Like myself, you got a lot going on. So what do you do to come up for air, and does that incorporate into this new direction you're going into? Um, I mean,
1: sort of. It sort of is like coming up for air from it. Uh, when you're exploring the esoteric and the sp- spiritual, uh, I, I found throughout my course, and I've heard other like much more experienced and... Uh, in-depth people than I uh, talk on the subject and they always say that like you start out and a lot of people will start in like low magic and they start like, dabbling in that and then eventually it turns into high magic and high magic turns into in-depth spirituality and in-depth spirituality turns into religion and it's a steady evolution process so it sort of is um, like a, a sort of release where Mystery Stone is heavily researched it's factual it's it's sort of documentary style and it's less like we do add our personal thoughts and stuff in but that stuff that we talk about comes from books comes from uh, learned peoples comes from spiritual leaders it's it's not our own personal stuff and philis talk gives me this platform where i can really just get more personal talk about how i think and feel i take all these things that i learn about and i dwell on it and contemplate it and then i come back with my own ideas like i said it's not about doctrine it's just about giving something people to think about and and start conversations with i mean other than that uh uh i'm I'm back in school right now Mm. so i'm trying to uh advance my my professional career uh and, and head in a completely opposite direction i'm trying to get out of the labor uh force you know it's starting to take a toll on my body. I've been injured a couple of times at work and just kind of want to do a little higher education and, and move forward with that. So I'm doing that. And then I got my little guy and you know, when I'm not playing with him, I'm hanging out with my girl and you know, just a lot of stuff going on,
0: a lot of creative
1: stuff. And
0: yeah. And do you still dabble in the gaming every so often too? Is that a note left for you?
1: Uh, Once in a while I get on a game here and there. Uh, It's not often. Maybe once a week or twice a week, I'll get on for an hour or two. But I got, I got so much stuff going on. I have a stack of books I need to read. You know
0: how that is. Yeah, oh, I do. You know, I have a small uh, stack myself.
1: <laughs> you know, once in a while, someone will turn me loose into a Barnes and Noble, and I'll walk out of there with four, three-inch thick new books, and you know, uh, as. I got so much going on that I don't really have time for the gaming as much anymore, even though I do still enjoy it. It's just not a a, a focal part of my life.
0: Yeah. It's hard to find the time when you got all this stuff going on and I've almost stopped playing completely myself, which I'm okay with. I just, I think it's time for myself and the part of my journey I'm on. And it's interesting. You talked about low magic, high magic, um, being more passive, being more active, going in deep, And then coming up for air, and it's all about expansion, contraction. And uh, we're going to get into the nature of duality, something major I want to talk about with you today in a few minutes. Okay. First, um, I want to share something really interesting with you, a personal anecdote. Now, I got into this in depth over the last week or two on the show, so I'm not going to repeat it here, and you've likely heard it already at this point. Um, So this season, it got real dark for a while. And it needed to, because some of these discussions needed to be told. And the last couple of weeks, like we've been coming up for air and it's been a really nice release from all of that. And something that's unexpectedly happened to me in the most interesting way is that through intention and somewhat of a meditation, I had intentional contact with what I believe is a UFO or an UFO oh. on the highway in the middle of the night. and. If you haven't heard it at this point, CJ, uh, I recommend going back to the November 24th episode. That's the first time I discuss it publicly. So I'm not going to get into all that. And then there's going to be further discussion on my season finale, which adds another aspect to this. I think will...
1: I just listened to that episode. Is that the the one where you're talking to the guy
0: about the mantis beings? No, that that is actually the one after that. But. The mantis beings all kind of tie into this one as well. It's all it's all connected. And uh the reason I bring it all up for you tonight is that uh so the previous weekend, um both myself and my daughter got a little sick, and mm. she tested positive. I never got tested, but like I think I had a bout with the for the very first time ever. And I was really out of it but on top of that I started to have these heavy feelings of being disconnected and just overwhelmed by like everything going on in my life I'm on Instagram a couple of days later and one of these accounts I follow has a list of ascension symptoms Mm. and a lot of these symptoms are what I was feeling on top of my illness and I went oh this would make sense with the amount of emotions I've gone through with that encounter and with getting in closer contact with, you know, what are considered star beings, it would make sense. I'd be feeling this way. So on this path that like you and I, and many of our listeners are on, you know, I always say it's not all unicorns and rainbows. You're going to get into the heaviness and the ugliness. And I think when you're ascending consciousness through various experiences and lifestyle changes, you're going to hit these pitfalls and you're just going to feel totally dominated and overwhelmed, kind of like I was the last weekend. And I think it's all connected into that. So, I mean, when you're trying to read your vibe, your consciousness or whatever, have you experienced some of those same things or know someone who has? Cause I'm I'm sure it's come up for you.
1: Um, In a way, I, I actually have a question. For, do you think when you made this contact, it was like, generalized like telepathy or do you think you were doing almost like a remote viewing while driving because that sounds super dangerous
0: no it was it was uh intended telepathy um okay i was still able to concentrate on the road and see where i was going but there was other stuff energetically going on with me and like i said the whole story it's in a previous episode, so go back and revisit it. But uh, I didn't have what would be considered a classic remote viewing experience. That wasn't part of it, thankfully, because you're right; that would have been dangerous.
1: Right? Okay.
0: Yeah, because it's. I mean, it sounds very
1: similar, and and sometimes generalized telepathy, as well as and when you're talking about that in remote viewing, it's some of those uh, things blend into a gray area, and they're very similar. Um. Okay. Uh. Yeah. No. Uh. So I've had similar things in the past. Uh, it's not something I've talked about on public platforms yet, uh, but I did have direct contact um, with a deity mm. uh, who provided me some guidance and helped me make some very hard choices in my life. So, you know, it's not like wordy conversations you have with deities. It's it's like a series of feelings, impressions, and a voice is not a voice. It's just words that, hain- that end up in your head and there's a tone, but there's not a tone. It's really, really hard to explain. It's something you have to experience, but, you know, it it made, it's like, do you want this? This is what you want from me? And it's like, yeah, please. And they're like, well, okay, but it's not going to be easy at first. And then bam, it hits you hard. Mm. And then you just have to learn how to listen because they don't, like I said, they don't speak to you. They're talking to you directly, but they don't speak to you in conventional ways. And you have to learn and be receptive and learn how to listen. And then just followed their instructions and I got exactly what I asked for. You know? And not to polarize the true believers, but uh it it's not like I'm a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim, but it was the God of Abraham that I was dealing with, or at least what I would call the source or the all that is. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, in a sense, like a a monotheistic deity. And that's what I dealt with. And I mean, that's like sort of, I didn't have contacts with aliens or spirits or demons or ghosts or anything like that in general. But dealing with that deity um, really helped my life get into a direction where I needed it to be. Right. Um, I'm not an insomniac anymore. I can sleep again. I've been, it's been like two years. I've been able to sleep without any sort of chemical assistance and, you know, it's just general positivity just going forward in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So (laughs) my takeaway from that is, is that after this communication, you got put on the right path, but getting on that path, you had to make some really difficult choices and live through some difficult situations in order to get there. Is that what you're trying to tell us?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had to be exposed to things that I didn't want to get exposed to and realizations that my ego was very apprehensive about experiencing because the ego likes to protect itself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it knew that if I experienced those things, it was going to hurt and the ego doesn't like to hurt. So you have to sometimes experience a little hurt
0: before you can experience joy. You yeah. Know? 100%. Um I won't get into all my personal stuff here, but I'm on the verge of having some major joy enter my life. And trust me when I say I had to suffer hard and long to get all the pieces to line up for this to even become an opportunity. So, I mean, I know exactly Mm -hmm. what you're saying with that. One more question about this. And I like that you use the term polarizing. Um, Some people may find it that way, some not. I've had people on the show before have said they have directly had communication with what they perceived and believed to be God. So this is not Mm -hmm. (laughs) brand new ground here. And I get what you're saying. And I think whatever you interpret it as, that's your truth and you're going to stick with Mm -hmm. it, whether other people like it or not. How did you feel in the heart space when this is going on? Because in terms of polarization, when people hear about channeling or communications with beings or deities, a lot of them will automatically say, well, you must have spoken to a trickster because this is what's true and what you're telling me is not. So therefore, it was an evil entity playing a trick on you. And I'm I'm open to all that happening, but I think the true barometer of knowing that or not is how you feel in the heart space and how you feel in your intuition. If you had any funny feelings with this communication and if it led you down a destructive path, then I think you could turn around and say, well, that was probably a trickster. I probably shouldn't have been communicating with them, but that wasn't the case. How did your heart and your intuition feel during and after this encounter? Um, So I use, I I say the God of
1: Abraham um, because being raised, that's the description of God that I was taught. And I feel like describing it as the God of Abraham communicates better to people like they have like a better understanding of what i mean it's not necessarily like it's not the father of jesus or the guide of muhammad and there's archangels and all that like i don't i don't know about all that you know i don't know any of them personally i've never met them but it's more like it's the source it's the all that is and or the supreme godhead whatever you want to call it but when you describe it it's it's what people would mostly associate with the god of abraham it's just the easiest way to describe and get people on the same page. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, initially during the first contact, it wasn't, like I said, like, it's not like a direct conversation. It's like a series of feelings and um, you're sitting there and it starts telling you to do things that you've never in your life done. So like for me, um, well, it's kind of, kind of, kind of reveal the situation a little bit, but Uh, all I, I didn't ask for money. I didn't ask for success. I didn't ask for anything. I asked, I wanted, I was miserable. I was deeply depressed, uh, wrapped up in anxiety. And I just, in a moment of desperation, I asked, I just said, I just want to be happy. I want peace and I want to be happy. And it was this feeling of like, well, if you're sure I'll help you, but it's not going to be easy it's like, I don't, I don't care if it's easy or not. I just, I can't live like this anymore. And something I've never done in my life is I, I don't ever go through my significant other's phone. I don't go in phones. I don't go in purses. I don't do any yeah. of that because it's important to have trust in your significant other. And then to yeah. let them have certain things that are private to them. You know, I have no issues handing my phone over. You want to look at my phone, go for it. I got nothing in there I'm worried about, but I don't need to see yours. And uh, just an example, uh, the initial communication was like, okay, we can do this. It's going to hurt, but we can do this. And I was sitting on the couch and there was a voice that said, look at the phone. And I ignored it. And it, was, it wasn't it was like a direct voice. It was like an impulse. It was like a feeling. Yeah. It was like, look at the phone. I'm <laughs> like, well, no. And then... Uh, it got louder and louder and louder and it started turning into a migraine. And finally I said, give me the phone and caught her cheating on me. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, and in that moment, you know, the, all that is said, I can bring you peace and happiness, but we need to break you down to your foundations first. Cause we need to rebuild you. You're the, the way you've been living your concepts of relationships your, your, your ideas of the way that you deserve the things that you think of yourself are, they're not going to work. If we need, we need you to move on and we need to build you back up from ground zero. So in order to do that, I need to break you first from there. You, you start the work. And, um, I had to go through a couple of months of getting idea of my self-worth and the things that I was doing and like figuring out reasons like why am I always broke? I don't understand this. Um, Figuring that out, getting that situated and like started feeling better, started living life better. And then I started using those dating apps. Mm -hmm. I had no success, no success, no success. I signed up for uh, one of the browser based ones on the computer. And uh You know, you you typically do your swiping, right? And then I came across this one profile and the same voice came back to my head and said, Mm -hmm. message her. Mm -hmm. And And I was like, what? It was like, message her. And so I did. We hit it off. We ended up meeting. And when I got out of the car and I first saw her and we hugged, I didn't feel like I was meeting a person. I felt like I missed you. Oh yeah. Yeah. You I know? know what you mean? Yep. Um, and then things just progressed from there. And I haven't heard that voice since. Mm. Right. So basically, you know, the source came to me and said, we'll fix you. It's going to hurt really, really bad because I have to break you first. But once I break you, we're going to get rid of all the bricks that made you who you are now. And we're going to put them back one by one in a new order. And mm-hmm. you have to be receptive to this. So, you know, I'm in a much better place now. Like, of course, I still have depression, anxiety that I deal with, but it's nowhere near what it used to be. I can sleep again. I I know what it feels like to spend most of my days happy, you know, rather than worrying about other things and being miserable all the time. And, you know, just being cool with like who I am, like really finding myself again, you know, realizing that I'm not this person that this other person made me out to be. And, you know, basically convinced me that I was this like devil of a human being. And like, I, you know, and, and these other things and it just really, it, it's astounding. Like when you really allow yourself to have those connections with these beings beyond the third dimension, whether that was God or a guardian angel or what it was, I'm calling it the source because I feel like that's what I was connected to.
0: Yeah. And thank you for sharing. That's uh, that's a really incredible story and it goes perfectly with what we are talking about today. And when you're excessively vilified by someone else, especially someone close to you, you could try and shrug it all off, but it's still going to hurt. And I'm talking from, Long time experience here, you know, that I'm still. Oh, I did 15 years, man. 15 years. Yeah.
1: You know, and you you don't want to, you don't necessarily really want to be with that person, but you're, there's a, there's a safety in familiarity. Yeah. You know what misery to expect. You know how they're going to treat you. Like, you know what the day to day is going to be. And And when that ends, it's like, well, well, now I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea what tomorrow is going to bring.
0: Yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's the ego keeping you safe. And I I lived about 60% of that time. I didn't go quite that long, but it was like 50 to 60% of those years. So yeah, like mm-hmm. long time for me too. Um, so I'm going to share this with you real quick, and then we'll really dive deep into it, is that gotcha. uh, this reminded me of two things in my own journey. Number one, I got my first ever Reiki session done just over 10 years ago. And it was a few months before that connection ended. And after that happened, I was having rapid fire premonitions in my dreams to the point where it scared me, but it was some higher calling helping me dodge the pitfalls and put me on the certain path that led me to where I am today. And number two, I'm going to get into this a little bit more next week's show anyway or at least one aspect of it but uh in 2022 i got reintroduced to magic mushrooms for the first oh. time in 20 years and this all came to a head doing a ceremony at my shamanic teacher's place um just after my 40th birthday and many would say i took a hero dose that day that's given oh me- you
1: macroed it huh
0: yeah, yeah, and I don't know if it was <laughs> officially a Hero Dose or not, but it was pretty close, I'll just tell you that. And the basis of my journey, and I've talked about this on my show and other shows, I went to the depths of the shadow and went 180 degrees to the light. And just real briefly, without getting too personal and long-winded, it's what happened was is I was shown things early on, <clears throat> pardon me, and I felt like every aspect of my shadow and the negative aspect of you know my being all possessed me all at the same time and Hmm. encompassed me and i literally wanted to go crawl and bury myself in the earth like i didn't want to die Mm -hmm. but i just wanted you wanted to hide no i understand i wanted to hide because i was i was in a place with a group of people right and Think about every shame, guilt, and fear you've had amplified by like a hundred at the same time. And that's what I was feeling. But then once I got out of it and that lesson was shared and learned, I got shown six people who I know in my waking life who will remain anonymous. And no, none of them have been on this show before. <laughs> Wasn't any of those people. They we I had my interactions with them and how they raised me back up and how they could lead me back to the light with six different versions of love that Mm. they give me. And then I had some other couple of big revelations and epiphanies that are kind of playing out right now. And it just showed that experience with the plant medicine showed me to get to one extreme, you had to stay, you had to be in the dark one first, which is kind of where you went on your journey and this brings me up to this whole theme of duality and the shadow. Mm-hmm. Now, you're a man, you're well read, you're well researched, and you know a considerable amount about this just because of your life journey. Can you elaborate on what the shadow is, where it comes from, and why it's so important? To integrate it, and I know that's a super loaded question, but uh, the <laughs> yeah, floor I'm... is the floor is yours because we kind of got the foundation built already, and we're just gonna start putting up the uh, the the studs, if you will.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before I answer that, though, I do have two follow-up questions to your story. Yep. Uh, when you did the Reiki session, I, now I've never experimented with Reiki myself, and I've always looked at it with skepticism. Uh-huh. Did you have like? after the session, did you have like a whole new feeling about you? Cool. Um, or did you like notice like any physical changes?
0: So a couple of things there. First of all, I went into this session as a customer with pretty heavy skepticism, mm-hmm. especially the moments I went to the clinic and was getting out of my car. And I was just like, what the hell am I doing here? Afterwards, from an energetic standpoint, it felt like I had an exorcism. I felt Hmm. so much lighter. I was in a great mood. I kept laughing at things for no reason. And a big reason for that, CJ, is that I'd been holding on to uh, judgments, guilts, and resentments for like probably over a decade, if not longer, in regards to certain things. And that session remove them and I got to feel what it was like to live without them for the first time. And it was, it was like a punch to the face, so to speak. And I went through a very difficult time after that. So it all just fell in order. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I've been kind of interested in maybe doing it. The Reiki is really, really expensive in my area. So I've been like, and I know, I know how it's done and I'm like, Know if I want to spend that kind of money on something I don't really know if I have any stock in. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, and then the the mushrooms thing. So we're talking psilocybin mushrooms, yeah. Yeah. and they've been doing medical studies in my area because psilocybin uh in a microdose is said to uh, basically eliminate depression for up to six months in a macro, up to a year. And some people will report a year and a half, but there really isn't any scientific data to back a year and a half up. Mm-hmm. Um after, after doing the psilocybin mushrooms and having your experience, would you say that like overall, like you're, you feel like maybe like some of the more negative, uh, states of mind that you would have had previously, would they, do they still come up as often or they less, Are they not at all?
0: Um, not as often. And I'll, I'll share this cause we're on the subject is, uh, over the next couple of months afterwards, I actually went back to my teacher for counseling because despite everything I cleared out there was one thing gnawing away at me and I got more clarity on what that was and what to do about it and when I that led me on this path to inner child healing and that that got really deep and surfaced a lot and cleaned out a lot of extra stuff for me but when I got through that in late 2022 it's like i was vibing on a whole new level and that's not to say that yeah sometimes i don't get triggered and stuff doesn't come up but i manage it a lot better now than i did say before that trip and that inner child healing
1: because i have been i've been very interested in participating in a medical study with psilocybin mm-hmm. uh unfortunately with my job the way it is i can't because if i pop hot on a drug test i lose my job yeah and even though yeah. it would technically be a medical study uh and my job itself wouldn't care their insurance company would care <laughs> yeah and they would be forced into a position like they're like well we don't want to but we have to sort of situation you know so yeah, yeah. yeah i was mm-hmm. just wondering about that cuz like depression is a serious issue, and finding mm-hmm. different ways to kind of control it and and to mitigate it, and then to really get down to the source and, and help you with it is is super important. Um, oh but yeah, but anyway, back to your question I, about the- yeah.
0: Just before you answer, I just want to say, in my area, I know a couple of people locally who are big advocates for let's say like the full legalization and distribution of them, and. Mm-hmm their thesis is that it can help with mental health and it's helped with their own so i mean i've oh, seen yeah. it in, i've seen it in my area you know so like it's it's a growing movement there there's a lot of science behind that
1: like it, that it that it's a phenomenal medication and it's natural and you don't have to worry about yeah but that's the conspiracy minded of me like it's not legal because the big pharma companies can't really yeah. capitalize on it because it's so easy to produce on your own you need a trash can and cow poop
0: like well allegedly allegedly the the tech giant peter thiel or teal whatever his name is he's gotten his hands in on it and he might start distributing uh these through a pharmaceutical company but we'll wait and see on that that was a few months ago yeah. i heard that and that that could turn into a negative as well so we'll just have to wait and see
1: oh yeah i mean but if it if it gets legalized, people will just start producing on their own. It's easy. You see yeah. it gets spores. But you know, or go to Washington State, they're all over the place. Yeah. But uh uh but yeah, anyway, like back to the the whole shadow. I mean, we have two two concepts of the shadow that kind of blend into each other. And I think the best way to really describe the shadow is from the the uh Carl Young outlook on it, right? Yeah. Where he has, you know, you have um, The persona, the shadow And the animus, or anima Depending on if you're male or female Uh, But uh, the shadow in itself Is the aspects of you That you bury because they're negative They're the things that You look at yourself and you distaste Or I'm sorry They're the aspects of yourself that you look at with disgust And you, you can't stand it and you don't like it and you wish you could change it, but you can't. And, uh, it's, it, it, it's Carl Jung's belief that in order to live a happy, prosperous life, you need to be able to embrace the shadow and, and integrate it into part of you and accept it for what it is. And I agree with that to a point. Um, but I, I much more prefer, and I'm going to use that word prefer, mm-hmm. uh, the the aspect of the shadow in the esoteric sense where it's really not much different, right? Um, But it's more adjective than noun. When you think about it, esoteric sense where you do a process called shadow work and that's, you know, meditational practices where you look back uh, and you don't only accept the bad things that were done to you, you know, but you accept the bad things that were done that you've done, you know, that the negative aspects of yourself. And it's not to say like, I'm okay with these things. It's an acceptance. It's okay. I'm going to admit to myself these things. And in order to work on them, I have to accept that they're a part of me because if I continue to deny them, there's nothing I can do to rectify them. Um, Ego feels like really—it's—it's it's a dangerous process uh, if you don't really have somebody to help you, uh, teach you, guide you, and you have to start small. Like you can't—you can't dig into the the darkest aspects of your of yourself, your ego. Um, right, right from the get go, you got to start light because the ego—the minute you start doing this, the ego wants to fight. Mm-hmm, the ego, yep. the ego doesn't like to to embrace negativities, it doesn't like to feel bad about itself, it doesn't like to feel guilty and it will fight this. But in order to move on from that and and to be a better person and, and to achieve your higher self, you have to really look into the shadow. You know, it's to say like, well, there are times I'm selfish. There's times I'm jealous. There are, I have intrusive thoughts. Uh sometimes I consider stealing. Sometimes you know i think these things this person i really wanted to hurt this person at one point in my life maybe not physically maybe it was verbally but you know there are aspects to you like the way you react to anger the way you react to sadness uh that would technically be unhealthy that's all aspects of your shadow and a lot of people have a really hard time dealing with that and in extreme cases uh, we'll see people who have uh, narcissism issues, mm-hmm. where they are a hundred percent incapable of dealing with the shadow, of accepting mm-hmm. it, of recognizing it, and they'll go as far as projecting their shadow onto other people. Oh, don't because, yeah, because in a way yeah. they they recognize the bad parts themselves, but it's not bad if they can justify it by saying this other person did it. Well you did it, so it's okay that I did it. Yep, yep. And it's like, but I didn't do it, you know. And then we experience gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah, we know all about that, don't we? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then you'll get accused of it. And, you know, people who are so far into their ego that they experience this complete detachment from the shadow and and exhibit what we call narcissism. Um that's how they get into your head and like, man, did I do those things? Like, I don't yeah. remember doing it, but did I do it? I mean they're saying I did it. You know?
0: One of the uh traits of narcissists that I've dealt with on my journey is that on the onset, they could be some of the most enticing, charming people you've ever met in your life. And Provided you're kissing their ass. And they're yeah, they'll usually early on will be smiles and jokes and laughter, but then you start to clue in there's all this projectile and projection and you realize, you know, this person really doesn't have a nice word to say about anybody. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like something's amiss here. And if there's a mistake, it's always somebody else's fault. Like there's no accountability. There's no reflection. There's just constant projection away onto you. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the extreme. I mean, to a point, everybody, you know, doesn't really like dealing with the shadow, and I feel like it's really commonplace nowadays for people to completely ignore the shadow altogether. Oh yes, well, especially like with this whole movement across social media to be like, "Well, I'm me; you'll accept me as I am." Because if you can't take me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. And and to a point, I understand that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you should be dealing with you at the worst. You should be handling yeah. you at your worst and figuring out why you're doing the things that you're doing and and working on changing those things, just because it's an aspect of you and an aspect of your personality doesn't mean it's right. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't work on it.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a slippery slope here and I'd like to get into this with you because Mm -hmm. you've lived through some of this. Um, And I don't want to generalize too much either, but it just seems like, and I think social media could be a projector of this, but there's almost this mindset that your mental health obstacles and challenges should almost be worn as badges of honor. You know what I mean? Or it's like you you kind of maybe not brag about them, but you joke Mm -hmm. about them and you say, Oh, well I'm this way and I'm hard to deal with, but I have X, Y, and Z. And that's just too bad for you if you can't take it. And it's like, okay, well we need to be sympathetic towards it. We need to create a safe environment for it. But number one, It doesn't give you license to be a neurotic asshole. And number two, um, I think the more you outwardly project it in that tone, I think the worse the conditions are going to get because all of that still comes from within. You can see as many therapists, doctors, and have as many medications as you want. But if you don't make a, a conscious contract with yourself, to do the inner work. Like it's never going to get fixed. And I've trust me when I say I've witnessed a lot of this, you know, and I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to be hard on anybody's feelings or anything, but I think there's a dangerous slope as to where you almost uh, turn your mental health obstacles into a trendy badge. And I don't think that's a good thing, you know?
1: Well, I think uh, I think mass social media has a hand in in creating this sort of consensus reality where I don't have to fix me. You just have to accept me for however I say you have to accept me. And, you know, going back to what you said, it's it's not really right because. And, and it's almost it's almost like it was done on purpose, because when people begin to work on themselves, they begin to look at the shadow, they begin to uh, embrace the shadow for what it is and, you know, incorporate that into. Who they are, so that they're able to become better people, it breaks away from that consensus reality and you become much more difficult to control and basically telling people, "Well, you are this individual singularity, who you are is who you are, there's nothing you can do about it, and if people don't like that too bad, and it's like, well, no, you could you know if you're if you're walking around responding to you know, your significant other is like, uh, you know, I kind of just want to go have some alone time for a little while. I need to do some stuff, some solo. I'm going to go hang out on a trail or something. Just, you know, just be with me. The The consensus reality is that's a negative. What's wrong with me? Why can't I come? What, what do you yeah. got? Oh, who are you seeing on the side? Yeah. You know, rather than just sitting back and going, okay, well, you know. I've been cheated on in the past. I have this part of this damage in me. And my immediate response is, you know, my ego tells me somebody else is there. You're not actually going solo. You just don't want me there because you want to see this other person. But you accept that part of your shadow. You go, well, that is part of me. That is my ego's response. My ego's trying to protect itself so it doesn't feel the same hurt again. Okay, go. And and all it is is that person just wants a little solo time. Everybody needs a little solo time. Yeah. You know, whether whether they got something going on in their head or or maybe they just want to have a sort of moving meditation where they're just walking and enjoying being alone and you know, just centering themselves. You know, uh, most of the time these things aren't nefarious, but we also have uh, a part of our culture where cheating is accepted, you know, it's yeah, part of the yeah. you know, it's part of the shadow as well. You know, this whole uh and I'm not like we kind of touched on the polyamorous aspect of things. It's not cheating if everybody's on board, yeah, 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 you know, but you know if not everybody is okay with it, it's cheating, and you know you can only experience that so many times before it becomes part of your shadow, mhm yeah, and i'm I'm just going with that as an example because I sure. have pers- personal relationships with that aspect of the ego and that aspect of the shadow that I've had to deal with myself, yeah um but uh. I completely lost track of where I was going with that. I went, that's off okay. Tangent.
0: That's okay. I'll ju- I'll, tangents are good, and I'll jump in right there. <laughs> um, there are many, many examples we could use with what you've just said. And I think uh, true believers will get the general idea. I want to use one term with you and get your thoughts. And I think we're on the same page with it. Mm -hmm. spiritual bypassing and i think when i was on philosophia we kind of talked about this a little bit but when you hear that term what's the first thing that comes into your mind
1: um basically like just ignoring things like that don't work with your conceptualized vision of what spirituality and, and the higher self should be when you really
0: probably shouldn't be ignoring those things it's dangerous like ignoring the shadow aspects of yourself, right? Or oh, abs- absolutely. Taming them. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I Honestly, part of becoming, obtaining the higher self and being a better person, you have to do that shadow work. And it sucks. Like, it hurts. The ego hates it. The ego will fight you the entire way until you get used to the process. You know, and, and it's not easy. Um, At first, like, that whole, uh, uh, what was the term, spiritual bypassing bypassing you're going to experience a lot of that when you start shadow work yeah right um you're gonna that's why you have to start small uh except little things like oh somebody says something like this to me my immediate response is sarcasm even though it's inappropriate right that's a small thing it's not really that hard to deal with but when you sit down in that meditational phase and you really sit there and go and you ask yourself, why do I respond to, with sarcasm? The ego will start fighting back. And that's one of the first things that does come to mind is because that's who I am. Well, that's not a good enough reason.
0: Yeah. You want to yeah, go ahead? Sure. Sorry. What's up? I'll say, well, I was just going to say a really uh, interesting public example of that was to me, uh, James Hetfield from Metallica. So like I read this book that was re- released through their fan club, and it's a series of interviews in their newsletter over the years. And James did one in the early 2000s after he got sober and was out of rehab. Um, Unfortunately, he had to re-enter again in 2020, but that stretch of time when he was sober and turned his life around, he was rereading a lot of uh, old Uh, interviews where he answered questions and every single one of them was a smart ass sarcastic remark and in the book he comments on it saying he's like "Geez, I was a real smart ass wasn't I I never answered any questions seriously (laughs) so I mean that's just another example of how that that affects a lot of people you know yeah I mean and
1: honestly like something like smart uh, being a smart ass and sarcasm and cynicism and stuff like that is ego protecting itself against things it doesn't like yeah you know and That's where we come to that, that sort of concept, like doing the shadow work is also part of, you know, learning how to separate from the ego. I know a lot of people are like very into the concept of ego death. And we, Mm -hmm. I think you and I touched on that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. um, But like, if you killed your ego, if you experience genuine ego death, you're going to experience sociopathy because Mm -hmm. the ego is what harbors your emotions. right? right? Right. Right. So the whole point of doing the shadow work and, and really embracing the shadow aspect of yourself is training the ego on how to operate without constantly going into defense mode and messing with your nervous system. And, you know, that's why I say like, you yeah, to start small. Well, I respond with sarcasm. Why? And the ego is immediately going to go because they deserve it because they said this because of that. And it's like, well, no, yeah. I respond with sarcasm because I'm afraid of the actual truth behind that question. Mm. I'm afraid to answer that question with honesty,
0: letting your guard down.
1: Right. Like I need to, if I answer that question with honesty, I'm going to get judged. I'm going to get ridiculed. I'm going to be made fun of. Um, I won't be taken seriously anymore. You know, these are all fears that come with that. And, it's not the other people doing these things to you. It's your ego trying to protect itself, and it created this negative aspect of your personality and added that to your shadow. And really, working on something like that is what what brings you closer to that higher self. And, and you have to start small, and it hurts. And like, uh, there are some people I know who like got real into shadow work, real hardcore, really, really fast, and it like broke them down to a point where they needed psychiatric help. Mm, And it's like, it's like you, dude, you, you, you did it too much. Like you went for the hard ball. Like these are the major things that are wrong with me. And I tried to uh, uh, deal with those first. And you really, you really can't, you have to work into it. You have to train the ego that, no, I'm not trying to hurt myself. I'm trying to better myself. Um, because the, it, it it comes out to say like you are you and the ego is you, but you are not your ego. Mm-hmm. And you have to train the ego on how to accept things that it doesn't like. And that's yeah. the whole basic behind behind the shadow and the shadow work, you know? And eventually down the line, when you're really working on yourself in that capacity, you'll find like especially when it comes to your relationships, close friends, family members, significant others. They're going to do something that you typically would have reacted to in a certain way in the past, and you're going to stop. You're going to feel that emotion start rising, and you'll look at yourself objectively. And in your head, you're going to go, why do I feel like this? Should I feel like this? I want to respond this way. Is that justified? And most of the time, you end up going, well, no. They're not doing this to be vindictive. They're not doing this to hurt me they're doing this because they have a genuine question or because they're feeling a kind of way and they're trying to communicate that to you. And you're translating it to this because of your past experiences with these other people and your ego learned that when people do this, it's nefarious, but it's really not in this scenario. And like, uh, and like, I'm not a, I'm not an expert at it myself. Um, I've gotten to a point (laughs) where, uh, when I experience these scenarios, I feel that emotion start coming up and I feel that reaction beginning to take place. I will literally pause and I'll be like, I need to walk away for a minute.
0: And yeah. Like, that's what you got to do.
1: Really? it's yeah, yeah. I have to go. I have to go like collect myself. I need five or 10 minutes to really, I have to look at this emotion and decide whether it's just a reaction or if I genuinely feel this way about how it is. And then if I come to the conclusion that I genuinely think that you're mistreating me, most of the time it's not intentional and you don't have to yell at that person. Like you can go back and go, Hey, I did not like this. I felt this way about it. Um, that sort of thing. Th- th- this is how this sort of makes me feel. And like, you can have that conversation because if you will let that, if you let the shadow take over, you let the ego take over, it turns into a fight and nothing gets solved. Right. You just mm-hmm. end up yelling at somebody.
0: Yeah escalates
1: yeah so i mean when you're really looking at that aspect of things and i guess like there's like extremes to the shadow right where you have people who contemplate murder mm, yeah you know and we have that sort of extreme negative negative. and i don't really know how someone would deal with that i don't know if you have any ideas on that yourself but like when you when you would look at that like you have you have a person who you know, obviously, something psychiatrically wrong with them, but they have this aspect of themselves where they want to kill people, and if they were to go in and start doing shadow work and they got to the point where now they're ready to address the fact that they think about killing, you know, and they realize, well, this is a really bad aspect to myself, and i know I know in a psychological sense, um those people experiencing those sort of emotions and thoughts aren't able to recognize that they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe maybe they could if they were brought down this path right like, yeah. I, I wonder if it's possible to sort of cure that aspect of them through long drawn out spirit, uh, sessions of shadow work where they start out with the small and eventually get to the point where it's like alright we're going to address this about you now
0: yeah I'm no expert and I can't give you a definitive answer on that obviously it's very interesting to think about one thing I will share, though, um, I think also in that situation there is the outside chance the right person could talk them off the ledge at the right time. In his very first book, I think it was his first book anyway. Chris Jericho shared that um, his mother became paralyzed in a horrible uh, domestic dispute accident with I think his uh, his stepfather, and or it was a boyfriend of hers at the time. And after Jericho visited her in the hospital he decided he was going to go kill the guy and he's written about this said a hundred percent. And in the hospital, a cop saw him and he says the cop must have recognized the look in his eyes. And he just stopped him, put his hand on his chest and said, don't do it, son. It's not worth it. And that was it. That urge never came back. And I'm sure that happens a lot more than we ever want to believe, you know, but, uh, I I don't think in that scenario
1: that it's really like a psychiatric thing, right? That's like, maybe in that scenario, that's the ego's need to protect somebody it cares about. Yeah. Right. And I mean, if we sort of look at that, and even in a more extreme scenario, you know, you're a dad, I'm a dad. If somebody did something to my kid, they're going to end up in my basement. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the ego saying, like, I'm going to hurt that person. Yeah. Like you, you touch my kid and the gloves are off. I will let, I will unleash a level of psycho on you. You didn't And I feel like most parents are down that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, there's stories out there of, of parents killing beloved family members for catching them, harming their children. Yeah. You know, and I don't think, I don't think that that's a genuine psychosis and, I don't think that that's like a negative aspect of the shadow. I think that's more of a, an animal instinct, right. Where it's like, well, you touch my baby and now you're dead, you know, or I'm going to do worse. Um, I think like, I think like when I was talking about like genuine, like psychosis, like they don't have a reason. There's no, gotcha. there's no, there's no outside stimulus. Right. right. It's right. just an impulse, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and that would be like part of the shadow, right? I don't know if I would consider like if you were defending another human being or or you were protecting somebody. I don't know if I would include that as part of like a negative aspect of you. Mm. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe you were misinterpreting your own emotions and impulses, uh, and, and at that time, um, you were so clouded by emotion. I don't really know if I would include that as like a negative aspect, but like if we're looking at like a genuine psychosis, that would be like an impulse for no reason. This is something you want to do. That definitely would yeah. be part of a shadow
0: and a very extreme part of the shadow, and, uh, but it is part of who they are. And that takes us down the road of psychopathy, which we talked about earlier in the season mm-hmm. with counselor, John Euler, who really gave us a window into the worst of the worst of humanity that he's worked with in prisons and in various institutions. So, I mean, yeah, I I understand more of uh, what you're saying there. And like it or not, like it or not, the ability to defend and just kind of see rage in that moment if someone you love is being harmed, it's kind of a law of nature. Like Mm -hmm. that's, you said animal instinct. The animal kingdom has it the exact same way and and probably with a lot more ferocity than us humans do right right and i mean in a sense to uh
1: maybe maybe getting to a point where you're okay with causing that sort of physical harm to a person you have to reach into your shadow and pull that aspect out and go i need to use this right now because i need to protect this person i need i need a little bit of that evil in order to do something that i think is good um And maybe you have to address that within your shadow. Like, not necessarily like you're out here, like, man, I really want to kill people, but maybe address your capacity to kill. Like, what are the scenarios? You know, like, I, like, sitting there and going, like, well, I would never do that to another human being. Yeah. Let them, let yourself walk in on something happening to your children and that whole thing is out the window. You will, you will do those things to those human beings. Yeah. And your capacity for that would potentially be part of your shadow. But is that really a bad thing? Like, yeah, it's in the shadow. You would personally consider it bad because everything in your life you brought up killing is bad. Harming another human is bad. When you look at that, you're supposed to look at that and say that's that's a terrible aspect of a human being. We should never do that to another human being. And then you walk in on those specific scenarios. And then that sort of gets into that like gray area between good and evil. Yeah. Right, where... Well. Is enacting an evil to suppress an evil good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that comes back to that whole thought where really becoming at peace with yourself and achieving the higher self, you need to embrace the shadow. There are aspects to your shadow that you do need. Yep. You know, even you just, though
0: you you gotta keep them under control.
1: Right. Right. It's like the elements, it's like fire, right? fire rages fire burns fire can get out of control extremely easily if not watched and maintained but we do possess the ability to create fire contain it control it and it becomes a necessary part of our survival Mm -hmm. it's very much like the shadow There are aspects to the shadow, things that you would consider negative about yourself that are necessary to your survival and integrating those into your being and accepting them for what they are. Does it always make them right? No, but they do become necessary.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. We live in a dual realm, whether some people like this or not with a dual consciousness. And I think our goal after we get out of these meat suits is to ascend And transcend to the point where we are in purity and unconditional love it's just it's almost next to impossible to do it here as hard as we may try i think we're just we're trying to get as close as we can to get that feeling of when our souls do go back home um cj this has been awesome we're gonna wrap in a few minutes here um I could go on like all day about this with you, but of course we (laughs) have have matrix like Saturnian deadlines and stuff to meet, you know, (laughs) so we got to keep our feet on the ground here. Um, I guess a couple of things I want to wrap up is, is yeah, we do live in duality and we need to learn how to embrace it and how to keep it under, under control. And this takes me back to the spiritual bypassing where We've talked about this in the past. There's that dangerous corner of spirituality, love and light and unicorns and rainbows only. None of the bad stuff. And I've seen some practitioners who've built up their businesses, learning one modality after another, after another, after another. I get to know them on a personal level. Their lives are drama and chaos. Like there, there's no as above, so below. Like there's just you know, no walking the walk just talking the talk so yeah, there's I, no you,
1: as within so without that's yeah 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 100
0: percent, 100 percent. i knew you'd appreciate that too <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um another thing with that is yeah now it's my turn to lose my train of thought but yeah no as, <laughs> no as within so without and um where was i going with that oh, okay i'll go here um when you integrate and work with your shadow and tame it, I think it also leaves more room to open up to divine messages from, you know, entities, deities, non-physical beings. And with my shamanic journeys and journeying to the upper realm, I'm on like a first name basis with my higher self, like connecting to my higher self used to be so difficult it was so rare and now it happens on a regular basis to get insight and it really helps me through a lot of things. So there's that as well. And when you're doing shadow work, there's different levels. You can do it. Like you said, don't do it to the point where you break yourself and you need psychiatric help. Like that is last um, possible scenario. That is not the scenario you want. Ideally. um, If you're going to choose to do plant medicines or frog medicines, don't overdo it and make sure you are in a safe place with a professional, okay? Otherwise, now, another quick story I'd like to share. Um, When I did that counseling last fall, I got the suggestion to go on an ayahuasca ceremony. And there are some places around here that do it believe it or not, but, um, my energetic body in that moment said, no, you are not doing this. Right. And then I thought I found some people who also do like, uh, Cambo and Bufo, the frog and toad medicines that felt a lot better with me. Now where I'm at on my journey, the jury's out as to whether or not I'm even going to do those or not, because they can be very intense, but also very healing. And I'm only doing mushrooms like once or twice a year, like, and I'm going all out on them. Like don't develop a dependency on these medicines because yeah, too much will break you and it'll destroy the whole intention. Cause I, people who've gone to like ayahuasca ceremonies in South America and stuff describe that they see some really dark people down there are people who have really dark shadows and it comes out during the ceremony. It can be quite frightening. So, well, yeah, if you're uh, going back to sort of a Jungian aspect, when you're,
1: when you're looking at the subconscious, if you haven't started digging into your shadow and addressing those problems, when you introduce something like a hallucinogen, the first thing that hallucinogen does is dive into your subconscious, bring it out and show it to you. Yep. And if you're not already
0: addressing some of those things, you're kind of going to be in for a wild ride. That's what happened to me at the beginning of that ceremony. I told you about earlier, like all the parts that bring me of myself that bring me shame and disgust all integrated with me at the same time. And brother, I wouldn't wish that feeling upon my worst enemy, like carrying that was like indescribable. It was something else. I'll tell you
1: that's that whole concept of the bad trip right people say they had a bad trip well your mind showed you something a part of itself that you weren't willing to address beforehand you're still not willing to address it and now you had a bad trip like of course you were horrified
0: because you saw an aspect of your subconscious you were not prepared for but i saw i stuck it out and i got through it and then i got rewarded with all the good stuff and then Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was good to go after that. So, like, there's a very important lesson in my journey and why I'm sharing it, because I think that's how a lot of people's journeys uh, will go in that regard.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're using it in, like, a medicinal way. Like, it's not recreational for you, right? Like, you're no. you're doing the things that you need to do in order to use that medicine to help you cure something about yourself, where other people are just like, well, this looks like fun. Like, yeah, Oh, I saw the scariest stuff in the world. Well, no kidding, dude.
0: That's uh, that's what I did in college. And then that's why I had to stop.
1: <laughs> I, I think, I think we all messed around a little bit in college with a little yeah. bit of something, something here and there.
0: Yeah. I might've yeah. fought a dragon at some point. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> and on that note, i am actually glad you brought that up. Cause I want to wrap uh, with this here. Um, so we talked about video games briefly. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, one of my all-time favorite systems was the Nintendo 64. So, were you into that a lot, or?
1: Uh, so I didn't have one. I, uh-huh. I would go to friends' houses who had them, and uh, eventually, when I got more familiarized with computers, I was able to emulate them. Cool. And uh, but yeah, the Nintendo 64 is definitely one of the better consoles of our generation. So I mean, if not arguably one of the best, I mean, I think the yeah the GameCube outranks the n64 but still some of the
0: most solid game designs and everything that's a matter of opinion my friend the game is all right <laughs> but i much i much prefer my n64 so here's the reason i bring all it up that system it connected me with a lot of friends in high school and at the mm-hmm. time you'll love this i was an employee part-time at blockbuster video so oh, i got man. hookups on all the games and stuff so anyway it must be nice well, yeah, it was for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it's worth <laughs> putting up with all the customer service bullshit. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but um, one of the legendary games from that, no pun intended, is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Tremendous game. And that's one that'll get you, that was one of the RPGs that would get you lost for days way back in the day. And um, there's a level on there. I got so frustrated because I was stuck in one spot. In, like, the water world, there's, uh, there's a mini boss.
1: everybody's spot.
0: Yeah, this isn't what you're expecting, yeah. though. It's not like Mario or Ninja Turtles or whatever. This one... No, no,
1: the, the water levels in Zelda were notorious for being the most <laughs> difficult. Yeah.
0: But this one, you get trapped in a room, and you can't leave until you fight a mini-boss. And you know what the mini-boss is? Link's shadow. Huh. And... Guess what? He does move for move with the sword, counter for counter with the shield. This thing was like friggin' impossible to beat. But once I got it after multiple, and I mean multiple <laughs> attempts, I beat it and I was able to move on with the game, which had a great ending. But I was stuck on that shadow link for a long ass time. Don't get stuck in your shadow for a long ass time. Find a way to integrate it and beat it. And you'll move on to that final boss. I'm telling you right now.
1: I think that's like one of the best metaphors I've ever heard for it from it, Phil, Like honestly, because <laughs> like, it really is just like, you have to keep trying and trying and trying and trying until eventually you figure it out and it takes time and it takes effort. And you're going to cry and you're going to be upset. And, you know, if you're doing shadow work and you don't end up crying at some point, you're not doing it right.
0: Hundred percent. You know.
1: So, uh, yeah. No, that's a fantastic. Like, you have to just work at it until you get it.
0: Yeah. And by the way, I'm still working at it. I'm not sitting at the mountaintop oh, saying, "Oh, I went through this and this, therefore I know more than you." No, that's <laughs> bullshit. I'm still, I'm still working through some of this stuff myself, <laughs> and well, will be for many many years
1: (laughs) let's be realistic about it because if if we didn't have to work out anymore if we had it figured out we wouldn't be sitting here in these meat
0: suits right now 100 percent.
1: you know we wouldn't be thinking about like oh am i going to repeat this again like when 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 this meat suit is old and dies am i going to have to come back and do this again um and uh yeah if we were already at that level where shadow work wasn't necessary we wouldn't be here
0: yeah and I just want to point out uh, before we wrap, CJ, and we uh, remind everyone where they can get in contact with you and your shows. It's interesting you're wearing white in front of this white backdrop, and I got a black monitor in front of you with a black t-shirt. So does that mean <laughs> does that mean you're the high level? I'm the low level, or you know, is it just how it turned out? No, I, I, actually, this is gray. It's just my webcam is it's really crappy. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot lighter than the aesthetic I have going on. That's all. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah no. I know it's kind of a an interesting sort of uh i don't i don't know what to describe that as yeah yeah. like coincidence right synchronicity we'll go with that yeah synchronicity yeah sure yeah
0: yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's cool all right (laughs) well brother thanks again for coming by this was uh i knew it was going to be epic but this is even more epic than i was expecting and finally just uh let the true believers know um Where they can find you, connect with you, listen to you. And uh, we won't take like a two year gap to do this again like we did last time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for the invite. I I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I'm not having an anxiety attack this time.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, We won't talk talk about that again. Yeah. That's been dealt with.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, you guys can find me uh, on, I'm not really active on social media. Uh, Mystery Stone does have a Facebook group. And once in a while I'll post in there. And so like when I do like episode updates or something like that, or if I want to bring up a topic of conversation, I'll do something in there, but I'm not really social media active. I find I kind of found that um, when you start advancing through these higher realizations and doing your shadow work and everything, you start really pulling away from things like social media. Uh, but I I'm pretty active on discord. I'm in the podcast Nexus uh, community, which is pretty awesome especially if you're a podcaster or just a listener, it's a good spot to find pretty much anything podcast related. Um, Philosophatalk at gmail.com if you want to reach out. But other than that, I'm like on Spotify, all the other platforms, Mystery Stone or Philosophatalk, and then uh, upcoming I'll be on Infinite Rabbit Hole. Uh, So, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. Beautiful, man. Thanks again for stopping by and uh, yeah, we'll uh, do this sometime in 2024. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me again. All right, true believers. There we have it. Uh, Wow. That was a very deep thought provoking chat and listen on Philosophia. CJ is having chats like this with all kinds of people. So go check that show out. If you really enjoyed this one and it's funny. I think the last time him and I recorded together, uh, we did back to back weeks in like mid July, so it was very hot out. Um, he helped out with the Voodoo episode, which was the continuation of the Serpent in the Rainbow um, case study, and yeah, that was a pretty hot one to get through. And I think he had a small anxiety attack, but uh, he was a real trooper. And we did a collaboration. With a tarot uh, deck maker and card reader, uh, Jennifer Galazzo, which was a lot of fun too. And I really think that's the last time CJ and I officially collaborated together on Unexplained Incorporated, which was all the way back in July of 2021. Ridiculous if you think about it, but he took a break, I took a break. We both had some of our own stuff to deal with, and uh, this is how we landed at this point that we're at right now. And now, from one aspect of the shadow to the other, uh, let's talk about Phantom X for a second, as much as I don't want to. So, he laid an ultimatum on me. He said he is going to reveal his identity after the season finale if I stop doing the podcast. And true believers, yes, I do have an episode planned next week, of course. And I've come to my decision. And it's not an easy one because I want this guy exposed. I want him off my back. And sometimes you got to do the right thing by digging in deep and making the tough decisions. And trust me. There was no other decision tougher than this one. And that decision is... uh, As pained as I am to say it, in order to get through this... Unexplained Incorporated will not continue in its current form after December 8th, 2023. In fact... The reason... It is not going to continue in its current form after December 8th, is Unexplained Incorporated is expanding. Yes, true believers. <laughs> you thought I was going away? Phantom X thought I was going away? Fat chance, bra. I am not going anywhere. I'm going to take a nice break over the holidays and throughout most of the winter, and I will be back, I'm not sure with who, but an amazing guest for the four-year anniversary of the podcast in late March of 2024. Well, what does that mean? Well, you're going to have to stay tuned to my socials in mid-December after the season's over, because... I got a whole wave of inspiration of new ideas as to how to make this show better, how to expand its horizons and its reach, and to talk to more people, frankly. So, as of March 2024, Unexplained Incorporated will be ending the seasonal format, and we will be back full time. you weren't expecting that one, were you Phantom X? You weren't expecting that at all, were you? You thought I was just going to roll over and be a doormat for you and your agenda. Well, no. That's not how this is going to work, okay? Uh, you've been pushing me around for weeks and trying to anyway, but now it's my turn, all right? The tables have officially turned, and I'm going to tell you why. So the previous week... I told you I unscrambled his voice and I got his identity nailed down. Well, I went a little further this week (laughs) in regards to the theme of this week's show. You could say I stepped into my shadow and went to some forms or some means to get more information on this fellow, albeit maybe a little unethically. I'm not going to divulge on those details any further as the statute of limitations has not expired. But what do I have? Oh, let's see. I got an address, a phone number, name of your favorite pets, and even the the store where you bought that stupid-ass little costume from. So, Phantom X, I got you dead to rights. If you don't unmask at the Stroke of Midnight and post it on your page, the Stroke of Midnight, December 9th, 2023. Then on December 10th, I will expose you to the world on my socials for the fraud you really are. Because I already know, and I'm actually doing you a favor and saving you the humiliation of some of the other additional details I found out that I don't really feel right about sharing in this public forum. But if you uh, push my hand, you force my hand enough, I'll do it. So I expect to see you on your little TikTok page after midnight, December 9th, to reveal your identity for all of us and to put this sham to bed once and for all. And here's what I want you to do. To confirm that you will in fact do this, I want you to message me privately. You know how to get a hold of me. And if you don't, I will take that as an indication that you will not comply. And I will expose damning information about you on top of your identity. Okay? We got ourselves a deal. Yes, we do. Great. Pleasure doing business with you. Either way, either outcome, this is the Time Phantom X puckers up and kisses my ass. So I'll keep you more posted on this, True Believers, within the coming week, and I'm going to keep you posted on the proposed changes for the show in 2024. So we're going to end this one on a high note. This was such a beauty episode. And next week, yes, before we end next week, I want to welcome the amazing Jacqueline Smith to the show. Jacqueline is a self-proclaimed human ET hybrid and she has some amazing fantastic stories and what's even more wild true believers is I have some stories of my own in relation to her experiences to enhance what I talked about on the Teen Zach show. So this is a great way to end the season. Thank you for staying with me the whole way even if I went off the rails a time or two but you know what to do. You gotta stay strong, stay healthy, and most importantly Stay curious, because if you ain't curious, you may as well already be dead. Or you may be a dead soul, like Phantom X. Your day's coming, and I can't wait. This is Phantom Phil, signing off.